this summer on Bridging the Political Gap. The rise of Lyndon Johnson as he grabs power to build a great society, fight for civil rights, and escalates a war in Vietnam, creating a crucial traumatic year of 1968 and the return of Richard Nixon, all on season three of Bridging the Political Gap. given gladly not to be standing here today. No memorial oration or eulogy could more eloquently honor President Kennedy's memory than the earliest possible passage of the Civil Rights Bill for which he fought so long. But don't beat me on that now. You can do it if you want to. You are a hard bargain. Will you get them for me? My first job after college was as a teacher. It never even occurred to me in my fondest dreams that I might have the chance to help the sons and daughters of those students and to help people like them all over this country. But now I do have that chance, and I'll let you in on a secret. I mean to use it. Good morning, Mr. President. How are you? I'm going to announce your appointment at that press conference. What press conference? Yes, oh, we had a uh, meeting all day today and uh, with Senator Dirksen on the Civil Rights Bill. Good. And I uh, feel that we have an agreement with him oh, and with well. Senator Aiken and with Senator Congratulations. Aiken. Congratulations. Congratulations. But I won't tell you how grateful I am and how, how worthy I'm going to try to be of all your hopes. Well, thank you very much. I'm so happy to hear that. And I knew that you had just that great spirit. And you know you have our support. This Civil Rights Act is a challenge to all of us to go to work in our communities and our states, in our homes and in our hearts, to eliminate the last vestiges of injustice in our beloved country. But really, it's all of us who must overcome the crippling legacy of bigotry and injustice. And we shall overcome. 64th biggest worry about Vietnam was that uh, we couldn't get a stable government, that uh, we uh, had made a serious mistake assassinating Jim, uh, or encouraging him, or allowing it to be done, while we turned to back. And I think we really did more than that. They started with me on Jim, you remember. Yeah. He was corrupt and he ought to be killed, so we killed him. We all got together and got a goddamn bunch of thugs and we went in and assassinated him. Now we really had no political stability since then. Well, it looks like me we're getting into another Korea. It just worries the hell out of me. I don't see what we can ever hope to get out of there with once we're committed. I don't think we can we're win. Far, and I, don't I don't think, think we, we can get, get out. out. And it's just the biggest damn mess. It is. So. It's an awful mess. When the first American soldiers went into South Vietnam in the early 1960s, it was because this nation saw that if the communist aggression succeeded, the entire region of Southeast Asia would be in mortal danger. He just looked like sunk. And he said, I don't know what to do. If I put in more boys, there'll be more killing. If I take out boys, there'll be more killing. 
anything I do, there's going to be more killing. I'd be the first American president to put my tail between my legs because I didn't have the courage to stand up and support the policy of two other presidents. On the other hand, I didn't want to increase our commitment. I didn't want to escalate. So the result was that everything I could to avoid the commitment, the only thing I had to make, either run or stand. I just chose to stand. 1968, it was a year of real tragedy, the most divisive year, I believe, in American political history since the Civil War. The 26-day battle for Hue was fought street by street, house by house, room by room. 216 American troops were killed and another 1,300 wounded. But it is increasingly clear to this report that the only rational way out then will be to negotiate, not as victors, but as an honorable people who lived up to their pledge to defend democracy and did the best they could. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I believe I'm going to win the New Hampshire primary. I believe I will come out the winner of, uh, the decisive winner of the primaries. Uh, we'll go on to win the nomination, and if I do that, I will be the strongest candidate, and I believe I can beat Lyndon Johnson. I'm hopeful that this challenge which I am making, which I hope will be supported by other members of the Senate and other politicians, may alleviate, at least in some degree, this sense of political helplessness. I am announcing today my candidacy for the presidency of the United States. I do not run for the presidency merely to oppose any man, but to propose new policies. Accordingly, I shall not seek, and I will not accept, the nomination of my party for another term as your president. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world, and that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis. My thanks to all of you, and now it's on to Chicago, and let's win there. Ladies and gentlemen, we've kept the air on because we've heard an alarming report that Robert Kennedy was shot in that ballroom at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Senator Robert Francis Kennedy died at 1.44 a.m. today. Official returns, you are the winner in this election. My congratulations. Please know that you will have my, my support in unifying and leading the nation. This has been a difficult year for the American people. I saw many signs in this campaign. Some of them were not friendly. Some were very friendly. Uh, but the one that touched me the most was 
one that I saw in Deschler, Ohio, at the end of a long day of whistle-stopping. A little town, I suppose five times the population was there in the dusk. It was almost impossible to see, but a teenager held up the sign, bring us together. And that will be the great objective of this administration at the outset, to bring the American people together. This will be an open administration, open to new ideas, open to men and women of both parties, open to the critics as well as those who support us. We want to bridge the generation gap. We want to bridge the gap between the races. We want to bring America together. And I am confident that this task is one that we can undertake and one in which we will be successful.